You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our phenomenal, amazing friends. Hey gang, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, the podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. I am Kevin Miguel Garcia, and this is episode number 158, and we are talking with my friend Candace Marie Benbow, aka my neighbor who lives up the street. Well, that, she doesn't really live up the street from me, but we're both Atlantans, and so um, uh, let me tell you what, what's really interesting about living in Atlanta is like everyone's got so much pride that our baseball team won, and I'm like... But they still got a racist name though. So I just, you know, does that not put like a bitter taste? Didn't you all just like hashtag indigenous people's day, you know, just just some, you know, food for thought. And But again, I'm also somebody who still shops at Amazon. So who is truly pure among us, not me, but at the same time, I just have a problem with racist mascots, you know? My dog is choosing now of all times to be loud. But anyways, welcome back y'all. I'm really excited um, about life right now. I'm feeling good. I've been keeping my practice. I, um, I've been keeping a regular movement practice, which has been so much fun for me, um, challenging my myself and well, it's not really challenging. I'm just really learning what my body's capable of and it's very fun. So anyways, I am so thrilled you are here today. I'm so glad that you're a part of this community and I'm so glad that I get to do this as my work and how this work gets funded is actually because of listeners like you. I actually help curate an online community called the crowded table. It's a spiritual community. That's um, kind of like the, the, in the Patreon that, that helps fund this podcast and all the other work that we do to create inclusive spaces. And so far, it's been an amazing year um, of getting to know one another, figuring out who we are as a group, what we want to do. And so we're starting the visioning process very soon of what we want 2022 to look like as a community. We're talking about adding mods to our Discord server. I'm imagining some maybe retreat style situations. There's just a lot of really cool things that I think that we can do together as a community to help find peace and grounding in this time. So if that is something that's interesting to you, or maybe you just want to support the work of this podcast and um, people like me, you can go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn how you can become a supporting partner and member of the Crowded Table community. So with that, let me tell you about my friend Candace Marie Benbow, a multi-genre theologian who situates her work at the intersection of beauty, faith, feminism, culture, and giving voice to Black women's shared experiences of healing and journeying toward wholeness. Reimagining how faith can be a tool of liberation and transformation for women and girls, she challenges Black women to think critically about how they see God and the world. In this conversation, we talk about Candace's new book, which is called Red Lip Theology. It's got an incredible subtitle, so I'm gonna let her do the whole thing. But what I loved about this conversation was, it, it was one of those things where like, as I'm talking with her, I'm like, this is the kind of Christianity I could get behind. This is the kind of Christian I want to follow, I want to get to know, because if there is any sort of faith to be salvaged from Christianity, it's going to be from the faith of black women and queer folks and non-white uh, perspectives. You know what I'm saying? And so I hope that this conversation is as uplifting for you as it is for me. One of the things I love, we talk about calling on um, 
our guides, our ancestors to come help us in addition to Jesus. Uh, we talk about the ways that we expand the canon of scripture. It's just, it's so delicious. So Candace is one of the, the, the Christians that I really, really like. And I'm like, if I'm gonna be a Christian, I'm gonna be a Christian like her. So please get yourself something to drink, settle in and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Candace Marie Bimbo. Everyone, welcome to the pod. We're glad you're here today. I'm here with uh, internet friend and hopefully real life friend very soon, Yay. Candace Marie Benbo. Yeah, how are you? So lovely. How are you feeling today? I'm good, tired, but good. You know, you're a new, among other things, um, writer, essayist, yeah. author of the new book, forthcoming uh, Red Lip Theology, that has. Yeah the subtitle of all subtitles. I'm gonna let you share that. Yes. And uh, and now also dog mom. I am, yes, I am a new dog mom to a nine week old Beagle Charlie. And <sighs> Charlie got his second round of shots yesterday and he has been on one ever since. So. He, said, he said, you 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 let them do this to me. And so now I'm gonna do this no, to you. I'm gonna do this to you. <laughs> The he worst. To me, he is doing it to me. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, we just lift up a thoughts and prayers for Candace and her her dog. Thank you. I need them. Yeah. Um. Because like I don't, I don't envy you. I got myself a, a cute little shelter dog, and she came crate trained by the grace of God. Good. That so. is. It's so exhausting, and I had so I had a mastiff. Um. Yo, huge. It was. It was a completely different experience. And so he did not have nearly the energy that Charlie does. And massives are not naturally high strung and mm. eagles are. And then mm -hmm. they told me that Charlie had a really difficult time when they separated them from their mother. Mm. Um, and so I think he's still like dealing with that, but we finna go get some edibles because I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, Lord, we lifted up my your spirit. May the the yeah. bomb of Gilead be upon this please, puppy. Please, please, please. Amen. Also, I, my favorite thing is like because like I'm such a churchy girl, and like being able to say something like "There's a bomb in Gilead," and someone's like, "Yes, yes." To heal the sin sick. So. Hello. Please. Um. So you, like me, come from the church world and you are like out here, like Sojourner said, you are, uh, you know, 2020 women shaping the church. And, and so I want to, uh, well, let's start off with this. How do you introduce yourself to people when they say like, hey, who are you? What you do? What's your thing? Yeah. So what's so funny is I didn't know how to do it. Um mm. And part of it was because I'm not a preacher. Like, although I do preach and have preached before, that's not my space. And I felt like even just saying writer didn't really encompass it. And when you say theologian, people are like, what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. So um, I would just be like, I just talk a lot about God, Black women, and the church but just recently, um, Catherine Keller, who is an amazing um, theologian and someone whose work I have drawn on, she described me as a multi-genre theologian. And I was <sighs> like, 
that's it. Like I, in all of the spaces where my work is and the things that I get to do, I'm really thinking hard about what it means for us to be faithful, faithful to to our cause, faithful to our, to God and faithful to each other. And I'm also thinking about what it means for God to be faithful to us. Like, I think that, Mm. I think that we don't talk about that enough. And so I really, what I, at least I hope when I introduce people and then when they read or engage any of my work, I hope I'm making those kind of like the the power and necessity of those kinds of relationships clear. Mm-hmm. Can I ask about, you said uh, God being faithful to us. Th- what do you mean by that? Because that right there, I'm just like, because like, because I'm the... I can already hear like the non-dual person out here is just like, God, you know, what do you mean when you say God being faithful? Cause like, you know, that means 20 different things to 20 different people. Yeah. I think, I think too often we love to talk about being in relationship with God, but Mm -hmm. we don't talk enough about what it means to be in relationship period. And Mm. in relationship and in covenant, like they're, there means that there's a responsibility that we have to each other. And um, I think that, I think that we owe our relationships with God. We owe our faith, the, um, the, the, the responsibility of accountability. Right. So Mm. like I talk to God, I'm like, Hey, like, this is shitty. And I feel like you put, I I feel like it's been enough shitty stuff in my life for a moment. I need you to give me a break. Like, Mm. and that's a completely different. And I think you'll, you'll understand this too. Like that's a completely different posture than what we were raised with. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the whole like you know accept what god allows and if it's your will you know mm-hmm. like and i i mean like cuz i just heard a sermon on sunday where the pastor was preaching about jesus in the garden mm-hmm. and how jesus prayed for the cup to pass and then said nevertheless if it's your will um you know he 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 accepted it and that how like it's okay like at some point we have to get to the point where we accept God's will, and I listened to that and I was like, yeah, but what if what if I'm in a season where I get to say like, no, like I need you to shift some things, like mm-hmm. I, I need a win here, and like right. I think that one I'm also you know, all cards on the table. I'm a process theologian, so yes, come on, process theology. Like, I believe that that the world, I believe we, I believe God, we Mm -hmm. are impacted as we impact. So Mm -hmm. I believe that that relationship, I believe that as God is eternal, that relationship shapeshifts and becomes whatever we need it to be. So Mm -hmm. there are times where I look and I'm like, yeah, like, no, like, I need a particular win. Like, Mm -hmm. I need you to do this here like and not um this like anyway like there's a song that 
we grew up hearing in my church and singing in my church. And it was like, anyway, you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And I remember one time my mom was like, I don't want to anyway bless him. Like, no, I yes. want you to, like, I want to tell you, like, I need this, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when I talk about, like, God's faithfulness to us, particularly in the context of my work with Black women, mm. research has shown, like, in the last few years, that nobody is more religiously active than mm-hmm. black women. That mm-hmm. that black women in America are the most religious demographic. Like the Pew, the Pew Center just did research a few years ago, and black women were like a ninety three percent of how many believe that like a ninety three percent of black women believe that's a huge. That that believe that like huh. that 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 a relationship with God, a strong relationship and commitment to worship and faith is essential to a healthy life, right? Mm. So you hear that, you rock with it, yes, I get it. Then you ask yourself, okay, so for all that for all of black women's commitment to faith Mm -hmm. and commitment to God, how do we see that translated into the very real social and structural wins that Black women need, right? And so, like, for me, I don't I I believe that there's room for me to hold God accountable in that way, to be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like black women are devoted to you and we need some some particular kinds of wins. Like we don't need to always be keep piecemealing joy and keep piecemealing yes. hope and trying to take a part of a win from here and a part of a win from there and being like, oh, like if I put if I put all of these pieces together, I got enough joy and hope for two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like And so I think we don't talk enough about what it looks like to create that kind of relationship with God, that Mm -hmm. kind of hope um, to honor that God is big enough for that. Mm. Yes. The thing I, if I, if I could see, say what you said in just a different way to make sure I understand is that. A, God is big enough to, big enough, strong enough, whatever, to handle our quote unquote, what we perceive as complaints. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I was raised evangelical, Southern evangelical. So it was very similar in the way of God's will is God's will. And you just got to be okay with what's going on. And I'm like, if this is God's will, then I can't be a part of it. Because if this is God's will, it's hurting me. It's hurting my friends. It's hurting this. And so... What I'm hearing you say is that if they if we can shift our mindset to to actually like look to God and say hey like if your promises are true you know if like you know, if you are the same yesterday today and forever will you not like consider me you know remember me because remember like here me. I am remember me like I remember um my mom my mom bought her first and only home in 2008 and she built it from the ground up and she was in it until she died 
But when she got, when she closed on the house and we moved in and people came and like saw it, I remember she said, I thought God had forgotten about me because Mm -hmm. everybody else was getting houses. Everybody else were, were thriving in certain kinds of ways. And she and and my grandfather had died in 2000. Mm. And to help my grandmother, she moved in with my grandmother, and I was in college. So from 2000 to 2008, my mom lived with my grandmother. Mm. And then she said, "You know, I thought God had forgotten about me." And there have been so many times where my prayer has been, "God, it feels like you have forgotten about me." It feels like, mm. and, and I've had to say, like, I literally, Kevin, I literally said this, like, mm. last week when I was praying, I said, I know that you are with me. I know that you hold my hand and I know that you spend every waking moment that and every sleeping moment that I have mm. with me and close to me. I said, but God, right now, in this situation, it feels like you have forgotten about me. Mm-hmm. It feels like you have forgotten about me, and I can't I can't afford for you to forget about me right now. And so I need for you, this is, the, I prayed mm. this last week, and I pray it often. I need for you to just give me something mm-hmm. that says you remember me, that says that you haven't forgotten about me. Yes. What I love Hmm. is that that something comes like, yes, and it's enough that even if it's not the big thing that I was praying for, it's enough that makes me be like that. It's like I heard you. Like, Mm -hmm. keep waiting because I'm I'm trying. I got to work some other stuff to get it to where I need you to have it. Mm -hmm. But I heard you, and I. I delight in that kind of relationship because I can hold on. Mm -hmm. I legitimately can hold on if I know that you care and if I know that you hear me. And so I tell people all the time, like, it's okay to ask that. It's okay to say, yes, I need you to Mm -hmm. just show me that you have not forgotten about me. And God Mm -hmm. will do that. Yes. And that I think is like, like that to me makes perfect sense. I'm like, why not ask for a little bit of a sign in whatever way a sign is going to come to you? Um, there's two things that like A Course in Miracles says that I love. And it's one of them is that like, um, is that those who are assured of what is theirs can afford to wait and wait with joy. Um, and it comes, oof, you know? And it's like, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, if I am co-heirs with Christ, if I believe what the good books say, if I believe in all these things, it's like, of course, like that's kind of like my, my mindset when it comes to those things. And then asking for like a sign for a moment, or even if it's just like the peace that passeth understanding, like for me, that is what in my practice I pursue the most is mm-hmm. like I pursue that feeling of peace in my body. And if I have that, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of use it as my guide, my kind of like, you know, it's a, it's my litmus test. Am I remembering? Am I, you know, am I centered or whatever we want to call it? Am I connected? Am I am I remembering? 
Yeah. And, uh, and once I do that, it's like, it's, it's that little bit of just like spirit. Would you just show me the little bit of thing? Just like, not even like for me, like, uh, it's as simple as seeing a red cardinal, which aren't, you know, that for me is, it's as simple as like, um, I walk around my house. I'm getting my old friend to set up uh, for Dia de los Muertos. And I'm just like, I see my pictures of my beloved family. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's those. But I think like it wasn't it's not until like I think we set up our mind in a way or even like set up our expectation to say, God, I need you to do something or I want or just like. And that's the thing. It's OK to say, God, I need X. Yes. That is like I I I. I think we have been robbed of so much beauty in a relationship with God, like that, like you get to, you get to say what you need. And it's like, that is what a relationship is. Like you wouldn't be in a relationship with anybody else that you couldn't tell them what you need. Like you wouldn't be with a partner who just gives you what they want to give you and be like, suck it up. Like, you know, like you, you wouldn't. And so mm-hmm. it's like, if I can just tell you what I need, get it from you, everything will be okay. like, and, and not even that everything will be okay, but I will value and understand and appreciate and respect the depths of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have come to know God in some profoundly amazing deep ways mm-hmm. because of the shifts that I've made in my relationship. Like what happens for me now is um, in conjunction with, um, with, with my faith practice of Christianity, I engage in, in a much more veneration of my ancestors. Mm-hmm. So um like I remember there was one time and, and the Orishas, there mm-hmm. was one time I was sick and I called on, I was in the shower <laughs> and I said, Jesus, mama, and Yemeya. Mm. I, I am pretty sure that this is the first time all three of y'all have ever been called on together, mm-hmm. but I need all of y'all to work on my behalf. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need all of y'all to work on my behalf. And I didn't feel conflicted by doing that. There are moments where like you, you talk about the red Cardinal there, there are moments where a song will come on the radio that was my mama's favorite or something that like reminds me of her. And I will get this amazing amount of peace. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like that was that's that's her. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a phone call or a text message or a meme scrolling through my time. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh snap, like I I needed I needed that right then. Um, and so I've learned I've learned to honor all of the ways. Mm-hmm. that God shows up for me and all of the ways mm-hmm. that like I have learned to 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 trust the sound of God's voice and to trust my own. Mhm. I like if I could dig a little deeper because f- like learning how to connect with the 
faith and practices of our ancestors. Um, so on my daddy's side, we got a delicious Mexican family. So like all my cousins on my dad's side are brown, and then okay. all the cousins on my white on my mom's side are very very white and very very Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as I started like, exploring like my own practices around like what did you know Mexican people practice before colonialism? What did they believe? And then how did it survive through colonialism? How did it get adapted? And so for me, like a lot of my practices, like I'm ironically being raised somebody who's like, my mom told me the Mary 11 Catholics are not saved, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's what I learned growing up. My mom is a lot more chill about it now for yeah. sure. Uh, but that's what I learned growing up is that there are people who are not saved and there are practices that you don't do. And the more I learn about these beautiful individuals who had this same kind of relationship you and I are talking about with the living God, with the Christ, the more I'm able to borrow their faith, the more I'm able to work with them. And then even through like, for me, learning meditative practices, learning like from the East, learning from uh, just like, I don't know. So the, the question comes in is like, what I've noticed for me is that the more I connect with my, uh, the roots of my ancestors' beliefs and like what they were doing, the more I am actually able to love and appreciate my connection with God the more as I have understood God, the more I've understand and love my connection with Jesus even. Absolutely. Like I tell people all the time, like my faith is rooted in the teachings of Jesus, the wisdom of my ancestors and the power of black womanhood. And Ooh, you better put that on the marquee mom. Right. Like there right there is, is the crux of, of what sustains me. And when I think about what it has meant to honor deeply my ancestors, to light a candle, to to invite them to 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 come to me, to come to others, um, and and speak for speak to me, advocate for me, um, what it does. Honestly, is is affirms the continuum of life, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and I truly believe, I truly believe that there are things that that, that they can do for us on that side mm-hmm. that they could not do for us here, and there are things that they want to do for us from that side. Mm-hmm. And and are are asking for us to engage them, asking for us to to speak to them, to tell them, you know, to tell them what they need. And so it has also allowed for me to honor the depths of spirit. And that mm-hmm. spirit is not as 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 um limited. Mm-hmm. As we it is, or at we at that we believe it is. Mm-hmm. That spirit is it grows, it shapeshifts, it expands, it moves, it flows, it does so many different things to be what we all need. And to, like when you think about how big this world is. Mm-hmm how vast our experiences are to suggest that that spirit would be one dimensional 
My, my. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And it's given me an even greater just appreciation for for the world that God ordered and the Ooh. world that God created. Like mm-hmm. that case in point, what you just said, how magnificent is it that you can pray for a sign you can pray to commune with and to hear not only from God, but from the people who loved you in this life who have gone on. And then a red cardinal appear. Something that God had created that had its own purpose, mm-hmm. that has its own, has its own mode of communication has his own friends and Mm -hmm. family (laughs) is doing his Mm -hmm, own mm -hmm. right because i believe that everything that is living has its own life right yes of course and then their own business and and their own karma to work out that red crown on minding its own business god orders it tells it to fly by your window now it could have been flying by your window because it needed something that's by your house right but at the same time, while it's getting what it needs and it's and it's doing what it's been called and created to do and called and created to be, it's also being something for you and meaning something for only a God who is intentional, who is innovative, who 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 cares about detail and is deeply compassionate and considerate could do something like that. Do something like that, and so it's like in those moments, I'm in awe. Case, case in point, and I'll share this, and I'm gonna shut up. So Mm. never shut up, please. Actually, when my grandfather, my grandfather died in 2000, Mm -hmm. and three weeks, my so my fan, my he was buried in a tuxedo, and um, my grandparents had six children, three boys and three girls. All three of the boys wore the same tuxedo that my grandfather did. So three weeks after my grandfather's funeral, a rooster shows up in my grandmother's yard with a tuxedo bow tie or tie around his ankle. I th- when I when I go back in my pictures, when I go back in my pictures, I'm a I'm gonna send you a picture of the rooster because we have pictures of the rooster. Mm-hmm. So this rooster stayed around my grandmother's house for an entire year. Dang. My grandfather, every morning, he would go, he would wake up and he would sit under this tree and drink his coffee. Then um, he would go and check on Miss Louise, who was across the street, because her husband had passed. And my granddaddy would, you know, check on her to make sure she was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would be gone all day because he would go to, like, the... He, my granddaddy was Fred Sanford. Like, he would go mm-hmm. to, the, to the land fields and drive around. He would leave every morning with an empty truck and then come back with all the shit on the back of his truck. And then come out with <laughs> what so my this rooster would get up sit under that tree Mm -mm. that my granddaddy would always drink under Mm -mm. go across the street to miss louise's house 
and sit on and sit in front of her door and like squawk and whatever for a few minutes. And then he would be gone for the whole day. And he would come back in the evening. He did that for an entire, he left a year, that rooster left a year to the day that he came and just disappeared. Just disappeared. Just disappeared. Like we never saw the rooster again. But that rooster brought so much comfort Mm -hmm. to us. And we knew that only a God could do it. Only a God could do only, it. Only God could speak to a rooster and give it a year-long assignment. Because, like, oh I just want you to explain it to me. Like, if, like, if that's one of those things you just got to say, if you want to make it make sense, I can't. Listen, and one, my grandmother lives in the city. So across the, like, next door, her neighbors had, like, these cactus plants. Somehow, when he would sleep at night, he would he would bury himself, hide himself underneath the cactus plants so that the cats and the dogs didn't get him because they were running after him. Mm. And we watched him do that. One one time, my grandmother and it tells her to take it's it takes her to tell the story, but she went to a church service and she came home late that night. And when she pulled up, that rooster was at the door of the house and he squawked and squawked and squawked until she went in the house. And she was like, I know, I know, I'm late, I'm coming, I'm going in the house. And when she was in the house, he went back into the cactus, the cacti, and he went to sleep. And he did that for a year. For a year. Only a guy who, uh, and so you can't, so when people tell me about the spirit realm and that we need not devote so much time and energy there, I say that they're lying because, mm-hmm. because it's seamless. Yes. The God who the God who reigns here is the same God who reigns there, like mm-hmm. and consistently so. So he's God is not going to be one way in that space mm-hmm. and then another way in another space. This is not how it works. Yeah. And and the reason we know that is because by virtue of our experiences of Absolutely. And that's what like so many folks will just like, well, you, you gotta they often say you got to measure it against the Bible or what I'm like. And like, when you say that, you mean your interpretation, your usually white cis het male interpretation of these scriptures and not the radical faith of an African rabbi. Absolutely. It is always, anytime people tell you that you need to measure it or discipline it, they're telling you that, that you need to make it palpable and appropriate according to what white cishet men have said, which is interesting given most of the early church fathers weren't mm. white. So we my mind. That's a whole other conversation. But but there is this this push to suggest that any kind of 
affirmation of who you are that is not rooted in scripture is somehow antithetical to who God is. Mm. As if the power of God could solely be contained in 66 books, right? In 66 books and in one religion. Just one. Hello. Hello. Which is why even I love that the UCC church says it. It was their slogan for a while. God is still speaking. Yes. Right? Like the, the idea that God has nothing else to say is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and the idea that something that didn't, something that worked and was said years ago still applies today is crazy to me. <laughs> like, like, like that, that just completely negates who we know God to be and who God is. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what a concept that we could like fully embody and experience God now presently without mediation, without having to qualify it. And just like, rather than like having to rationalize it even, it's just like, and yes, I want to be rational. I want to be as, uh, what is it? Empirically minded. I love data. I love the things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and also like, understanding it all doesn't do a lot to heal me like that's the thing is like i can i can go on for days trying to understand the historical jesus and the historical roots of christianity and all those things and it's good and necessary and at some point i really want to get beyond that and just get like as who is who she said cut to the feeling carly ray jepson i want to cut to the feeling i want to cut to this power and not just a feeling but just like People say, like, oh, you can't trust your feelings. The heart is deceitful above all things. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, was it not a feeling that brought you unto God? Absolutely. I mean, we we do so much to demonize flesh, to demonize mm-hmm. our feelings. And these are the very things that God gave us to show up in the world, right? So, like, they are indeed holy and they're sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I don't rock with Paul often, but you know, Paul was right when he was like, we see through a glass dimly. Like I am, I'm not supposed to get this. <laughs> like, I, like I'm not supposed to get it. Like I think about um, Jesus on the Emmaus road and they didn't know who Jesus was. Right. And, and mm-hmm. then the moment that they realize who it is, who he is, they're like, oh, let's grab a hold of him so we can take him and show him to people as if to say, like, he becomes our property now and, like, Mm. show him wherever we want to, like, go go to people and be like, all right, Jesus, show me your scars. Like, I, I got him. This is who he is. And Jesus immediately disappears. And there's mm. something about that that immediate disappearance for me that lets me know that there's always going to be this point that is and should be elusive, right? That like mm. that like I'm we're always we're always yearning, growing, and following a thing, right? And that like we'll mm. never have our we'll never have our full finger on it, and you know like. I say that, I say that often, like I, and that's my prayer. 
I'd be like, God, I know I'm never going to have it right. I don't want to have it right. Mm-hmm. But could you please tell me, you know, just know that at the end of the day, I was trying to do it in um, with with other people's hearts in mind. Mm-hmm. Like I I cared enough that I wanted I, I wanted to do this work in a way that allows for people to to know you differently and know you better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm if I'm wrong, God, let me like give me points, give me points because I was doing it because I wanted to be right. Like mm-hmm. I think that's it. Like that, like because you don't know, but. At most, all of us are are moving in relationship to what we believe God's heart to be. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that's I think that's the most important part is that like we we think that this is the world that we are pushing to create, the justice, the equity that we are seeking is a reflection of the kind of heart that we believe God to have. Mm-hmm. And that that is what we want to see in the world. And I just believe that even if mm-hmm. that wasn't God's heart, God looks at that and says, dang, I want to be more like that. <laughs> like, I, like hey. I don't, I, I like, you can't tell me, and I know this is a whole tangent, but like, great, great. please, you're great. Like, you can't tell me that seeking to create more inclusion, seeking to make people feel who have mm-hmm. who have been marginalized, who have been demonized, who've been hurt, who've been oppressed, seeking to make them feel wanted, desired. And creating spaces in which they are included and affirmed and edified and esteemed and safe. You can't tell me that a God who creates a world with love and a God that we say is love looks at that and says, oh, how that repulses me. Because it doesn't make sense. You can't make it make sense. Not a bit. You absolutely cannot make that make sense. And the more you try to make, I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier today on the Twitterverse. I guess like the, my pro tip for the day is don't engage with white pastors, white cis het male pastors who pastor places called Grace, Grace Church. And listen, I that's just always that's always a a, <laughs> a very a very telltale a very telltale sign. Because I like he was just like. I, I made a little TikTok. I said, "Hey, if you if you don't like going to your church, maybe you should stop going because it's painful for you." And he's like, "No, we're called to be." I'm like, "You know, it hurts. It hurts because it leads to healing." And I'm like, "The God." And also, if I hear another person say the gospel is offensive, the gospel to me is actually not offensive. It's actually very liberating. What's offensive is your white supremacy and Christian hegemony. That's what's offensive. Like, there's nothing, like. He, I will tell you one of the other things that that I used to hate is when people talk about the scandalousness of the gospel, the scandal they, of grace. But they never talk about it from the standpoint of if it was a scandal, it was because this brown man 
refused to embody and uphold mm-hmm. the systems that that oppress people. And even in the moments where he almost did it, hello, Sarah Phoenician. She said, no, 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 excuse me. No, 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 no. And even, even Jesus had to shift, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, like, this idea, right, that, like, in order to to be, in order for it to be what it needs to be, it has to offend you and your sin so much that you will you will run to it. In no other world does that happen. And no other world does it make sense either. It's just like I'm gonna tell you what's wrong with you, and that's gonna make me wanna join the club. <laughs> exactly. Like it's particularly when God says, "With loving kindness have I drawn thee." Like. Mm. There is something, there is something about God's compassion, God's love, Mm. God's grace, God's um, empathy. (laughs) Um, empathy. Or the God's sin of empathy, as they say. Did you see the article that they wrote? I was like, the sin of, oh, uh, again, Gospel Coalition. So, of course, like, none of us read it, but we saw the headline. I'm like, not going to go there. Not even going to read it. Can't do it. Anyways, like this is a guy who like who understands grief, who Mm -hmm. understands trauma and who understands how we are impacted and affected by it Mm -hmm. and makes room for those experiences, makes room for like this is a guy who understands Mm -hmm. and for us to suggest in any way, shape or form that somehow that's wrong right that like i just i've I've never i've never really understood why people feel as though god has to be somebody who is villainous Mm -hmm. in order for us to really recognize how much we love how much god loves us that just makes no sense to me and ding dong, I would say I second that emotion. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. What that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like God is, and like I was so much of so much entirely too much of our understanding of faith is rooted in violence. Mm. <laughs> and we believe that the and that we believe that faith has to be abusive for us to, to get anything out of it. Yeah. Or that we must suffer. We like love, like the cost of love is suffering is the, is the lesson that gets teached over. And that's not true. Like that doesn't even, that doesn't even make sense. Like, like what if the, because from in the, I think for both of us, the experience we have exactly what you said is like, God says with my loving kindness, have I drawn thee? You know, we're like, and that really is the thing. And you know, what's really scandalous is like, even, and pardon my French, even a faggot like me who wants to follow Jesus, that's a scandal. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, they like, and you know, it's like, you know, even though, you know, there has been an entire church that has, you know, kept you from flourishing, here you are. That's a scandal. Right. Like, that's the, 
and the and the fact that like and the fact that people like us who have been told that there is no space for us as we are mm. that god would speak to us mm. and would allow for us to walk into rooms and rooms that have been made possible because of our gifts mm-hmm. and our callings. And that people like us who have been told in no uncertain terms mm-hmm. that the spirit that the spirit does not dwell in us um, and is nowhere near us and that and that we must do certain things in order to be affirmed and blessed by God again, right? That mm-hmm. that God could give us words that mm. would help to make somebody's day possible when mm-hmm. many of them may not ever know how many days felt impossible for us, that day itself could have felt impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if there is a scandal... It is that because how dare God use that? You know, mm-hmm. like God chose what the the foolish things of the world to shame the strong, the the foolish things to shame the wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God is choosing, you know, the queer folks and and black folks and femmes and women mm-hmm. to basically like it's just like dis. Despite what y'all yeah. thought, yeah. despite what Empire has tried to do constantly throughout the course of history mm-hmm. ad infinitum, the love, the, the you know, I told somebody, I'm just like, I think the word of God will stand forever. It might not look like the Bible always, but the word of God is eternal. Yeah. And that's like you and me right here. Like we're proof. Yeah. Yeah. I want to shift ever so slightly just because I know we're coming up on time. I want to talk about your new book, Red Lip Theology. (laughs) Red Lip Theology is coming at us on uh, the 22nd of January. Is that correct? As well? No, the 11th. The 11th. The 11th of January, 2022. Mm -hmm. It's Red Lip Theology for girls who've considered tithing to the beauty supply store when the Sunday morning isn't enough, which I believe is a callback to for colored girls when the rainbow is not enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 For colored girls who consider suicide when the rainbow isn't enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What's uh, so for Red Red Lip Theology? Give the give the the premise, the little pitch. What do you say to people? What like, what's this book about? So this book is, um, it's really an ode to um, what it looks like to have a faith or to form a faith where your feminism, your your identity. Um, about how you see yourself in the world, um, find synergy with your spirituality. Um, and I'm really excited because it journeys through the um, the steps of a full face of makeup. So it starts with skincare all the way to setting spray. 
That's fucking sick. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And so it it goes from there. And um, each essay tackles certain themes. So, like, we're talking about um, creation. We're talking about grace. We're talking about atonement. What does it look like for God to save? We're talking about... um, the dangers of ascribing maleness to God. And yeah. I look at that, I look at that through the lens of my relationship with my father. Um mm. and and what it means for your father to be absent, but for you to always hear about God as father, God as man. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And so it's and I have like a an essay in there, um, survived by a special friend where I talk about, you know, going to a funeral and seeing survived by a special friend and trying to figure out what that meant in the obituary. And my mom, one uh. person, was explaining to me, it's when she said, it's when you like somebody who's like you, because that was the best way that she could explain it to me as a kid. And I was like, oh, okay, well... Why can't they just be boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband? And she was explaining to me how people at that time weren't allowed to to marry and be, you know. And so, mm-hmm. like, that essay was me even coming to terms with my own benevolent homophobia that was still very rooted in what I heard in the church, but right. still wrong. Um, and how, and how I grew out of that. Right. And how I was able to shift and turn the corner. So I, and I mean, there's, there's a essay in there about sex and how I'm a sex yes. positive, yeah, how I'm a sex positive Christian. And so it is relatively, I'm really excited because these essays for me are about what it looks like to create the foundation of a faith and yes. like, and and what it looks like and what it means to be much more liberative and much more um affirming in um who who you who you want to be and who you're trying to be mm. great i'm sold can't wait i'm gonna get the pre-order right now thank you i'm so <laughs> excited i'm excited too like there is just oh nothing Nothing like it. I can't wait to see it at the top of the charts. I can't wait for everybody to get a hold of it and start crying and start memeing it and start putting it out there. I can't wait to see you on every single podcast out there interviewing you. Um, Oh my gosh. That part I am like, I'm having to learn is a part of all of that. Yeah. I just, I just want to talk to people I like, like you. And so like, when that's say, all you gotta do. Like at the end of the day, just remember, you don't got to talk to nobody. You don't want to talk to. You can exactly. say, you can say no after you have said yes. If you need to reschedule, cause you tired. Like, Ooh. let me tell you what, like I would tell the, the thing my therapist taught me, like she really taught me about rest was, uh, she's got a chronic pain issue. So like sometimes she just says, Hey, I got to reschedule. Cause my, my back's fucked up. And I'm like, all right, cool. cool. Doesn't right. apologize for it. Just says, this is what's going on. This is what I need. And so as the same result, like for myself, like if I have to reschedule something, I do. And so as you're going through it, you're going to be amazing. Um, Please tell humans who are listening where to find you on your internets and all that good shit. 
Yeah, so you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Candice Benbo C A N D I C E B E N B O W. And my website and blog is CandiceBenbo.com. Candice Bimbo, she is the best. Um, I love that. Listen, I'll uh, I'll put it on a little voice memo, send it your way. <laughs> play Please, do. Please do. All right, I'm hit. That was my conversation with Candace Marie Binbo, multi-genre theologian and total badass, as you can hear. Thank you so much for your time. Let me tell you what, Candace, you single-handedly saved my faith today, and I can't wait to get my hands on Red Lip Theology. You can find Candace's work at CandaceBenbo.com. Follow her across the internet at Candace Marie Benbo. And go ahead and pre-order a copy of Red Lip Theology for church girls who've considered tithing to the beauty supply store when the Sunday morning isn't enough by Candice Marie Bembo. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, Candice, thank you once again. And thank you, friend, for listening to another episode of The Tiny Revolution. Once again, if you want to support this podcast and any of the other podcasts, please go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and join up there. Um, and if you can't do that, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And if you want to watch this, like if you want to watch the conversation, you got eyes on this thing, go over to youtube.com slash Kevin Garcia was taken <laughs> to watch the full episode there as well. Uh, I love you. I hope you're having a really great day. And so till next time, please take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious, delicious, <laughs> eat something delicious, y'all. Um, and seriously, take care of yourself. Rest more. It's a dark season, baby. You got this. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye.